Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship Podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. In our endeavors over the last, since the beginning of the year after the fast and the Lord speaking to us, we've been pursuing the purpose of being intentional. We're pursuing this. Why? Because when we're intentional, things happen. Things get done. And, and God has a work for us to do. And we're not going to be able to complete this work unless we are intentional about it. So over the last few weeks, we were talking about living intentional. We, we realized that living intentional means doing it on purpose, doing it deliberately or making something happen. You know, we talked about this time and time again. We talked about uh, when, when somebody comes up and hurts your feelings, you know they did it on purpose. It's like they say something to you deliberately or somebody comes and they push you or hit you in the face. Hopefully that never happens to you. But, you know, people do it with malice. When they do it with malice, they did it with intent. And when they do it with intent, they did it intentionally. You intentionally hurt my feelings. Well, the same way that people do things like that, we also need to make sure that we are about God's business and getting it done intentionally. We have to do it with a purpose. We also learn that people don't become successful by accident. How many people in here have gotten successful by accident? Not many. Even people that win the lottery didn't win the lottery by accident. How many of you that haven't played lottery ever won money? You are intentional about buying tickets or playing your numbers so that you could win. You cannot be successful unless you're intentional. Intention, intentionality breeds success. If you're intentional about what you do, it will breed success. You, if you're intentional, you can best believe whatever your vision, whatever your goal is, whether it is, it is your own or God-given, it will get done. Now, when it comes to fulfilling a vision, we can't just be halfway about it. And you guys got to realize that your spirituality without practicality will mean your dreams will never become a reality. Mm -hmm. We get so busy getting spiritual, and we learned this over the last few weeks, that we get spiritual about everything, and that's good. There, there's a spiritual side to everything, but there's a practical side to everything also, too. We sit down and we ask God for help. On God, help me to deliver me from this. God, help me with that. God, help me with this. But really what you're saying is, God, do it for me. When God says, I am your helper, when, you, when I help you, that means whatever you do naturally, I'm going to put something super on it. And make it supernatural. But until you do something, it's not going to get done. If you want to stop smoking or drinking, you can pray about it. And I've seen people supernaturally uh, uh, freed. As I've seen it. But you know what? There ain't nothing wrong with going to counselors if you are looking to get set free from an addiction. Nothing wrong with that at all, because you know that it's going to be God's grace that'll get you to it. It's God's grace that'll get you through it, and it's God's grace that'll help you hold on to it. Amen. And we learned that if Christ was intentional about his purpose here on earth. He didn't come here by accident. We know that even in creation, God was intentional about creation, because we learned that God was, uh, before the foundations of the earth was even laying, the Bible states that the lamb was slain. 
Jesus Christ was slain before the foundations of the earth. What does that mean? It means that God saw way off in the distance before he even created earth, before he separated the firmament from the waters and caused dry land to come out of the waters. He, he, the lamb was slain because he seen that man, this before man was even made, he seen that man would mess up and need a way back to him in relationship. He foresaw, he intentionally set a path. He saw the ending from the beginning. Intentional. See, and when we're intentional as Christians, we have to make sure that we have some type of foresight. We got to be able to see down the road. And it's a gift that God gives us by his spirit. And we call it a prophetic gift. We're able to see down the road. And then I remember my, my wife, my beautiful wife, preached a message. Um, praise God. It says, this is about to be good. Wonderful message, and, I, and what I'd like to do with that one is I put hashtag Peter moments, and she talked about how God used Peter, even though Peter always was messing up. You guys know, anybody ever feel like that? You're in here, the one minute you're super spiritual, and the next minute you're not? It's just something about that person at work that can bring the devil out of you. Come on. Something about commuting to your job that causes you to wave at your neighbor with only one finger up. Yes, yes. Kai told us, Kai told us that, that God wants to get into your boat the same way he got into Peter's. It's not by accident. It's not by fate. It was not by consequence. God intentionally has set up things in your life because he wants to get in your raggedy boat for everything that you tried to do all your life. But this time he wants you to do it with him. And when he does it with you, when he gets into your boat, he's going to perform a miracle and then he's going to preach from out of your boat. Well, what is your boat? Your vehicle, your vessel. It's you. He wants to get inside of you and begin to preach. See, as Jesus preaches through your life, sometimes you'll open up your mouth and be like, how did I even know that? God will give you wisdom. He'll preach. And sometimes that's the miracle that he performs. He gives you wisdom. One, by the way, which words of wisdom is part of the gifts of the Spirit. You'll begin to speak wisdom. But God wants to preach, not to bring glory to you, but to bring glory to him. And I think it's odd that, that God will condescend to use messed up people like us to bring forth the gospel. People like Peter that he knew would deny him three times. People like Peter that was trying to stop the crucifixion. People like Peter that would cut off another man's ear. But he still used Peter who ended up being one of the pillars of the church. And I begin to think about that. Why would he use a person like me, John Butcher? And you guys don't know the half about me. I wish you would ask a few people who have known me for quite some time. They're like, I would never think that John Butcher would be standing here preaching the gospel because this dude was the chief, the chief of all sinners. But I like what 1 Corinthians 1 and 27 says, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things that are mighty. God will use the foolish, the weak, and the despised to bring forth his glory. I, 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 I'm preaching better than y'all responding because I know there's some messed up people in here that have given up on themselves. And even though you've given up on yourself, God hasn't given up on you. <laughs> then we learn what in, being intentional looks like. We learn that we have to uh, es, uh, escribe la vision, which is write down the vision, create small goals to, to reach the vision. Um, we have to anticipate. We have to... Um... Now, let me stop here for about anticipation. We, we, I talked about it earlier. Look, we have to make sure that we have to see the small problems before they get big. 
Do you guys understand that? We have to see the small problems before they get big. And when we see the small problems before they get big, then we can deal with the small problems before we get to them. You guys always say, people say, they say stuff like this. Oh, we'll just cross that bridge when we get to it. That is the procrastinator's anthem. You guys, you, guys, you guys with me? I just don't want to deal with it. Because really what you're saying, I just don't want to deal with it right now. It's too stressful. And I'm under a lot of pressure. And da, 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 da. But do you realize if you don't deal with it now that the pressure and the stress is going to be even greater when you get to it? Oh, my goodness. I'm not preaching about this. But you know there's some people in here who say, I work better under pressure. You know, I, I know that my, my report was due. Uh, you know, uh, I knew it was due coming up. They told me three months ago. <laughs> that in three months my reports do, but I like to wait till the very last week and then I get it because I really work good under pressure. No, you don't. You're a procrastinator. We lie to ourselves thinking that we work good under pressure. No, what you're doing is raising your blood pressure. End up stroking out. But you knew three months ago and if each week for three months you work just a little bit on it, by a month you would be done with it, turned in. No pressure, no stress. But once again, the things that we learn, don't procrastinate. Hazlo ahora. Do it now. Then um, we learn to download the seven plug plugins to intentionality. We learn to, to live by your core values and beliefs. We learn to set priorities, follow your passions, achieve balance, be content, be the difference, and vivir el momento. Live in the moment. There's too many of us are worried about what's behind us, and then we're getting, we're too busy trying to focus on what's in front of us and not enjoying what we are now. Now, don't get me wrong. Yes, we plan for tomorrow, but we got to forget about what's behind us. We have to plan for tomorrow, but we got to enjoy a gift. You know, that's why we use the word, it's the present. It's a gift. The present. Enjoy it. Live in it. Because some people are planning so much for tomorrow, and tomorrow's not promised. Now, I know last week, Pastor Jenny got up here. And preach a great message, praise God, on Super Bowl Sunday. And she said, what's the big deal? She encouraged all of us to be intentional about creating relationships. And to help us with being intentional, we created small groups. And small groups here are a big deal. Now, if you haven't signed up in a small group, I'm sorry, they're full. They didn't even act like they cared. It was like, oh, I'm off the hook. Some of y'all in here, I signed up already. I, 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 I did, yeah. I was intentional about signing up. I was intentional about creating messages. I heard what thus saith the Lord, and I'm obedient. I ain't even really got in my message yet, but right now I just keep feeling a, a reason to stop in certain places because whether you know this or not, when we stand in this place or we're here, but we stand in this position to deliver a message. Listen, I'm delivering a message. Now, when your postman comes, they bring you mail. Right? Now, whatever they bring you is probably real important, whether it's a bill, whether it's a tax return, or your tax return check. 
If you don't get it, you don't go out and start yelling at the mail person. You start to contact the person that sent the mail. Are you following me? The mailman just delivers the message. Pastors just deliver the message, but the message doesn't come from the pastor. It comes from the one that sent it, who is God. And when we receive that message, it's not the man or the woman that's preaching. It's God that sent the word. And we should receive the word with gladness. Listen, saints, you want to know why your life isn't changing? Because you're not opening your mail. How many times have we gotten mail and tried to tell somebody, oh, we didn't get it. And then we go back and look. It's like, I forgot to open it. And here's the, here's the cold part. You don't blame the mailman for you not opening your mail. I don't know about that, church. I'm just not learning anything. You just ain't opening your mail. <laughs> There's a message in there somewhere. That brings us to today's lesson. And no, seriously, all of our um, small groups are full. So I'm sorry if you guys didn't get it. You know, being intentional is important because you can miss out. There's a message in there, too. Uh, unfortunately, during the, this weekend when we had the father-daughter dance, woo, great, I'm telling you. But I don't know, maybe it was like eight weeks we were announcing it and letting it go, and we had to turn away uh, maybe four to five fathers and daughters because people weren't intentional about signing up. Can I, can I just say something? And, and I might hurt a few feelings, but it's just, just the truth. What you really care about most, you'll do. I, 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 I mean, I felt so bad. I'm glad I wasn't at the front door because I'm soft on things like that. And I'm glad there were people there that had to stand their ground because I can just imagine what the daughter felt when dad brought her up all dressed up. And guess what? People get mad at us for them not being intentional about something they should have taken care of. So you guys remember that. Whenever you have an opportunity to do good, do it. Ahora. Do it now. So this brings us to today's lesson. Turn to Proverbs 26, 11. And I'm going to read this from the easy read version so you guys can understand this. Proverbs 26, 11 through 12, and it reads this. Like a dog that returns to its vomit, a fool does the same foolish things again and again. People who think they are wise when they are not are worse than fools. How could you be worse than a fool? Like a dog that returns to its vomit, a fool does the same foolish things again and again. People who think they are wise when they are not are worse than fools. So today, I want to talk to you about learning from your mistakes. On our journey to becoming intentional, people, we are going to make some major mistakes. Can I get an amen? amen. The problem isn't making the mistake. The problem is not learning from the mistake you made. When we continue to make the same mistakes over and over again, the Bible refers to those types of people as fools. 
and fools do foolish things. Los tantos hacien tontiteras. <laughs> Mira tu vecino a quien llama tanto. So you guys are looking, what would he say? Look at your neighbor and say, who are you calling a fool? Some of you guys are in here, you knew you don't understand, but God had given me a vision and he told me years ago about that me ministering to, to, to Latinos in the Spanish community. And, and I always seen myself preaching in Spanish and I've had this dream. I even started taking Spanish lessons, but because of life, things fell off. And during this year, during while we were fasting, God said, I'm going to have you preach about being intentional. But if you're going to be intentional and you want to learn how to speak Spanish, then be intentional about it. So I said, okay, God. So then now I'm, I'm being uncomfortable because being intentional sometimes requires us to be uncomfortable. And I'm telling you, I am uncomfortable up here speaking Spanish. It, it, there is nothing like it. And, and a lot of people saying that's great and that's nice. But at the end of the day, you know what? I want to, our God's community to be together. When I read the book of Acts, which is my favorite book in the move of the Holy Ghost, there were people from all different countries, and they were praising God in their own language. They were speaking in tongues and other tongues, and they were praising God together. I don't want to have a, 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 a service where we got, okay, we got a, a Tagalog service, we got a Spanish service, we got Samoan service. No, why can't we worship all together? That's my vision. And, 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 I, and I will tell you, I was, I was, as I was driving here this morning and, and I'm studying and trying to learn how to just read, and, and I know eventually within the next year, I, I won't even have to put down in Spanish. It'll come naturally because God's going to put his anointing on me to keep doing it. And, and I began to say, God, I, I believe because of the way things are now that some people are going to get offended because things up here are on Spanish and not in English. And God said, don't worry about those people. If you're in here, this is for you. Don't worry about those people. Because I've called you to a certain people. And if they can't get along with the program, there's plenty of other churches right here, even in this marina, they can go to. I'm being serious. This is not me. This is the Lord told me. He's like, do what I told you to do. Be intentional. Praise God. And I'm excited. I, I, I see it, you guys. I see it. I, there, there's, I, I dream about it. It keeps me awake at night of the, the services and the people that we're ministering to. And we're all together enjoying each other's cultures and, and enjoying how the Lord will move through us. It, it's it's going to be awesome. You guys, if you guys want to stick it and hang in here, God's doing a mighty amazing things here at the Building Christian Fellowship. <laughs> Proverbs 26, 11, and 12 says this. It says, a fool does the same foolish things again and again. Do you know Albert Einstein? You guys know who Albert Einstein is. He says, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Have you ever, you know, and just as a pastor, I talked to people and I said, have you tried? And they're like, I've tried over and over again. I said, well, tell me what you did. But they keep repeating. They're like, okay, I tried this. And I said, what else you do? No, well, that's what I keep trying just for some reason to work. I said, well, I noticed you said over and over again. So you've been trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You know, sometimes, you know, for us singles in here, and we always talk about, you know, there just ain't no good men out there. There just ain't no good women out there. No. There's plenty of good men and women out there. It's just, you know what you're doing? You're doing the same thing. You're looking for the same people to do the same stuff, that talk the same trash all the time, and you keep accepting that. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, you single in here, you want to learn how to love and you want to learn how to pick them right, you want to fix your picker? Yeah, that's what's wrong. A lot of people's pickers are broke. <laughs> huh? Don't Awaken Love Conference. CJR. See Atira. They'll let you know more about it if, if you care. If you care, if you want to be intentional about it. And I'm telling you right now, if you're in here and you, you're dating, you ain't married yet, you better go. Gosh. I'll tell you what. I'm sorry. I'm just all over the place. I drink coffee. <laughs> I had a couple come to me and ask me. They were getting they went to marriage counseling. A couple came to me. Listen very carefully. They believe they loved each other and everything else, and I think they care for each other. But they came to me, and they were an older couple, uh, they had been dating all their life, never been married, had children, and, you know, they just, they figured they're older in life. They're, you know, one of those things like, am I ever going to get married? I'm, I'm, I'm over 40 and, and this and that. So I'm counseling them, and, and they come to me, and, and just, they, they had awakened love too early in their relationship, okay? Watch this. And because they did that, they came in for the counseling, but they were like, you know what? We, 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 we get along. We like to be around each other, but we argue all the time. I said, well, what do you guys have in common? And it got quiet. So what do you have in common? There really wasn't much they had in common, but one thing, awakening love too early. So I said, do me a favor. Do this, do, do this favor. I want you guys to be intentional about this. Do me a favor. Stall out on that for 30 days. After that 30 days, I'm going to meet you, and then we'll talk about what you guys have in common because we'll find out. Well, two weeks later, I get a phone call. And they said, we need to meet with you right away. Two weeks, they come into my office. I'm sitting down. They go, we decided not to get married. I was like, why? He goes, because we have absolutely nothing in common. I'm just telling you, sometimes we date people because we've awakened love a little bit too early, and we get that emotional attachment, that blood covenant that should have never happened, and we believe we're in love with somebody and we're not. Amen. Don't awaken love too early. There comes a point in time, saints, when you're dating, you're dating, you don't, you, you don't date to find a boyfriend and girlfriend. Why don't you just become friends first? This is going somewhere. Why don't we become friends first? Let's find out what kind of friends we are. What do we have in common? Do you like basketball? I hate basketball. If you're like a super big basketball fan and they hate basketball, then maybe you guys might not need to be together. It's that simple. I'm being serious. Friends, you, you find normal friends. A guy will find another guy friend because you have something in common. So why not do the same because I'm looking for a friend, not a girlfriend. I'm looking for a friend. I'm intentional. Back to the message. Proverbs. 14 and 1 says, The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. Let me break this down for you. God tells us when we are making mistakes, we just don't listen. We depend upon our own knowledge to right our mistakes, and we find ourselves in the same situation again. The Bible says a fool says in his own heart that there is no God. It, it doesn't mean a heathen, but sometimes when we have situations and problems, instead of going to God about the problem, we become the God, and we try to answer our own and make and correct our own mistakes. Amen. Which basically what you're doing is you're denying God. Why don't you just ask him? 
The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, trust in the Lord completely and don't depend on your own knowledge. With every step you take, think about what he wants and he will help you go the right way. If we acknowledge him, he'll direct our path. Foolish people never learn because they're not left to deal with their own decisions. You know why a lot of times we don't learn from our own mistakes? Because people keep coming in and saving us from them. People have to be left to reap what they sow. If not, they will never learn from their mistakes. For example, I'm going to give you an example. I got a son. His name's Juwan. Years ago, I bought Juwan a bike. Bikes are expensive. Super expensive. So I bought him a bike. He goes, Dad, I want to ride my bike to school. No, you're not riding your bike to school. Come on, Daddy, beg me, beg me, beg me. Okay, you can ride your bike to school. So he rides his bike to school. Later on that day, he called me. Dad, somebody stole my bike. So I drive to the school to pick him up because he is hurt. He he wanted a bike. I drive to school, pick him up. He gets in the car, and we're driving off. And and he was hurting real bad. And at this point, I'm hurting real bad for him. I hate to see my son that wanted something so bad got taken from him. I hate thieves, and I, I, I feel his pain. People have stolen stuff from me. I feel his pain. I hurt. But this is what happened. I asked a question. Son, how did they steal your bike from out of the bike cage? I don't know, Dad. Well, no, no, no. What? So what, did they leave the lock there when they busted the lock open, did the chain? Did they leave it there? They took it with them? The nerve of them to even take your chain. I didn't lock it up. When I found out that he left his bike unlocked, I looked at him. I said, I ain't buying you a new bike. As hurt as I was, as sad as he was, I ain't buying you a new bike. Now, listen to me. Listen very closely. I wasn't punishing him. And I'm not rewarding him. I'm teaching him to make the right choices and right decisions. See, so let me ask you guys something. Por qué ayudamos a las personas que tomo decisiones tanta un y otra vez. No sé. Why do we keep helping people that continue to make foolish decisions? I don't know. Why do we help people that make bad mistakes? Well, this is the church. We're supposed to help people. We help people that help themselves. Because if not, they'll never learn. We become fools ourselves when we help foolish people. Proverbs 14 and 7 says this, stay away from fools. Your mama used to tell you that. You didn't know she was preaching. Why? Because we will get caught up in their foolishness. Proverbs 14 and 8. It says, the simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The Amplified says this. I like the way the Amplified says it. It says, the naive are unsophisticated and easy to exploit and inherit foolishness. 
but the sensible are thoughtful and far-sighted and are crowned with knowledge. Fool, foolish people will draw you into their foolishness, and when, we, when they do, we become naive, or better yet, we should have just asked questions. Tienes que hacer preguntas. You have to ask questions. I get phone calls as, from, as a pastor. I get phone calls constantly. People always asking for stuff. And they're not even people that go to this church now. I'm not, I'm not talking about people that serve. I'm not talking about people that belong to this church. I'm talking about people from outside the church that are always calling for help. Do you have a PG&E ministry? To help pay the PG&E? I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, well, you know, my dog hasn't eaten in three days. Do you have a dog feeding ministry? You guys see I ain't laughing. I'm being dead serious. I get these calls. I, better yet, Raquel gets these calls now. Dios te bendiga, Raquel. Listen, if I never would have asked any questions, I wouldn't have known that Juwan left his bike unlocked. Now watch this, this is what happens. And because I would go buy my emotions and feel bad for him, I would have went to buy him a new bike. But while I'm out buying him a new bike, he would have called grandma. Grandma loves a grandson. She would have gave money for a new bike. Meantime, in between time, he calls Aunt Gail. Aunt Gail loves her nephew. She, she going to give him the money. She go, here, let me get you a new bike. And then we all are fools because nobody asked a question. Do you realize in church, because we're church folks, people realize that we're kind and we're giving people? Can I come down here just real quick? Just, just that I want to talk to you guys. Real, just, just real personable for a moment, okay? People realize that you love God. They know that you're a good person. And deep down in your heart, you want to help somebody. And you think it's the godly thing to help somebody just by giving them what they want or what they ask for and without asking any questions. I'm here to tell you today, learn from your mistakes. Because there's people here in this world that will ask you because they know they're going to get it. But if you look at them, start asking questions like, well, wait a minute. Well, don't you got a job? Yeah. Well, why ain't you paid your rent? Amen. You guys hear me? It's like, oh, well, well, well uh, like, I, yeah. And all of a sudden, they sound like they're speaking in tongues. They just stuttering. Like, I got Oh, hallelujah. Caught the Holy Ghost or something. No, because they're trying to think of an excuse. But a fool, will, a foolish person will try to get you caught up in their foolishness. Then guess what? We all fools together. We have to be intentional about the stuff that God has given us. It's called being a good steward. So when we're intentional about it, we ask questions. We don't become naive. And the Bible says when we're not, when we ask questions, God says he'll crown us with knowledge. Mm. Learn from your mistakes. That's this. Mira su vecino y di, no soy un tanto. <laughs> Look at your neighbor saying, I ain't a fool. Yeah, so y'all got it then. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> As I get ready to bring this to a close, before we get out of here today, I want you to feel free from guilt, 
of shame of your past mistakes. I don't want you to sit down and go, man, you know what? That person used me. I remember now. I gave him that money, and the next thing you know, I see him riding around in the bins. No, none of that. I don't want you to feel, I want to relieve you from that guilt. Some of us have made some real bad mistakes. Can I get an amen? amen. Some of us in here have done some stupid stuff. It's hard to admit, to look in the mirror and go, oh my, I can't believe I did that. Come on. Why did I listen to him? Why did I believe him? Why did I believe her? There's some mistakes that we made in here that, that naturally we've been dealing with for, it seems like, eternity. Decisions, bad decisions that we made when we were young. And we can't get over the guilt. We have a hard time forgiving ourselves. But I just want to remind you of God's word in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Look, if you're in here today and you've made some major mistakes, first of all, condemnation is not from God. That's why it says that walks according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. When you walk by your flesh, when you make mistakes, you're going to feel, you're going to feel bad. And, and the difference is, how do you know if you're convicted, which comes from the spirit, or you're condemned, which comes from your flesh and the enemy? I'm going to tell you the difference. Condemnation will make you hang your head down and stop you where you're at. Conviction will make you hold your head up and keep pushing forward. Man, I made that mistake, but I'm not going to do it again. Condemnation goes, man, I, I can't believe I didn't do that. I can't, uh, can't believe I did that. And you just sit right here in your mistake. I'm like, man. I shouldn't have done that. I'm never going get, to get where I'm supposed to now. Shouldn't have got with that dude. Shouldn't have got that lady. Now I got kids. Now I can't get the car. My dreams and vision will never happen because I made a mistake. No, 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 no. See, there's a, a verse in the Bible that says, God will work all things together for the good, for your good. He'll take all your mistakes and wrap it up together that you'll learn from it. And, it, and listen, what was meant to break you down and stop you will strengthen you and push you forward. Because I can guarantee you're going to be faced with that situation again. Now, 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 now listen, ladies, you, you may have been with one deadbeat before, but wasn't there another deadbeat that came across your path? Somebody was telling the truth. Hopefully I ain't in here with somebody. Yes. Preach, pastor. Paul gives us this encouragement, and he says this in Philippians 3 and 13. He says, brothers and sisters, I know that I still have a long way to go, but there is one thing that I do. I forget what is in the past, and I try hard as I can to reach the goal that is before me. I push towards the call and the prize that God has for me in Christ Jesus. 
I'm here to tell you, you will make mistakes. That is a part of life, but mistakes don't define you. Mistakes actually build you up. You guys believe that? I've made some mistakes that I know I'll never make again because I learned from it. So you guys are looking at me and you're saying this. You're like, how can I be intentional about learning from my mistakes? Well, guess what? I'm glad you asked. I heard, I heard it in the spirit. Numero uno. Admite que estabas equivocado y manjar con las consecuencias. Admit you were wrong and deal with the consequences. When you do something wrong, when you make a mistake, don't look for somebody to get you out of it. Deal with it. That takes some guts. I made a mistake. Watch this. You hurt somebody, you lied to somebody, you stole from them and they don't want to have nothing to do with you. Deal with it. Especially if you're repentant. Deal with the treatment they give you. I hope y'all hearing this. Because you want, you know, people say, well, I said I'm sorry. I, I asked you, said you forgive me. Yeah, they forgive you, but forgiveness doesn't mean the reconciliation. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you can keep continue doing the same stuff over and over again. Deal with it. Because they're going to treat you funny for a while. A real heart that's forgive that, that is repentive says, I deserve this because I'm the one that did it. I made the mistake. So I'm going to deal with these consequences. I didn't pay my PG&E bill. I'm going to deal with the consequences. I didn't pay my car note. I'm going to deal with the consequences. I had this baby out of wedlock and she wants child support. I'm going to deal with the consequences. That one hurt, didn't it? Numero dos. Examina para ver que te llevo a es mala decisiones. Look back and see what led you to do that wrong decision. There are things that happen that lead up to you making a bad decision. When you make the decision and you own up to it, you're able to look back and see what led you to make that bad decision. How were you feeling then? What mistakes did I do? For instance, I didn't have the money to pay my rent because I went out and bought those clothes. And I knew that the PG&E was coming up or the rent was coming up. I wasn't intentional about making sure that I watched after my bills. You guys with me? So when you look back and see where you made the mistake, you could realize the next month I'm not buying those clothes because I know I have something else to take care of. Numero tres. Comencia a reconciliar a Dios en todo lo que haces. Begin to acknowledge God in all you do. After you've done number one, number two, you have to start saying, God, I messed up. I need help. The Bible says if we acknowledge God in everything we do, he will direct 
our paths. When you say, God, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm having problems. He'll begin to open up ways and say, this is the direction you should go. Not only to help you to, to learn from your mistake, but not to make those mistakes again. Saints of God, we have to say to ourselves, no soy un tanto. I'm not a fool. I'm not going to return back to my vomit. I'm not going to keep making the same mistakes. I'm going to be intentional about learning from my mistakes. Voy a cielo a la manera de Dios. Voy a aprender de mis erros y crecer. En el nombre de Jesús Cristo. Amen. Some of you don't want to clap. Let me tell you what I just said. I'm going to do it God's way from now on. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. And I'm going to grow from them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Levantate. Stand to your feet. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.